0: Coming up on the show, I talk with Maya Sotomayor. We're going to talk about dating, what it's like being female on the spectrum, her views of dating, any dating story she's got with her current boyfriend, and everything else she is. She considers herself to be autism awareness and autism acceptance. And right now she's saying she's going on her podcast tour. So sit back, relax, and grab your favorite beverage, and I'll see you on the other side. Oh, oh, Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Asperger Studios. Today I'm joined with Maya Sadenheimer. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Maya.
1: It is an honor to be back here. Uh, I am a podcast host myself. The name of my show is called Hello World with Maya. And I have been running my podcast since uh, the end of 2019. I started out. Uh, doing a few episodes just talking uh, about things that I was passionate about. And I mean, it started th- that spun off from a few other things I did. I mean, I have a uh, blogging a brand, which is called Hello World with Maya. And then I got inspired to start my own podcast version of the blog after uh, I was interviewed on another podcast back in... Uh, was it at the end of 2019 talking about my experiences transitioning from high school into the college setting. And that was a wild ride onto itself. And so that, that was when I, uh, that was was when I was in the process of my super senior year of college. And so I didn't, I mean, I could talk about it later, but uh, long story short, I received my bachelor's at the age of 39. I'm 40 now. I got my uh, got my bachelor in psychology and I'm getting ready to go back and get a doctorate, probably in uh, developmental psychology. I work at a university. So
0: that's a
1: lot. That's that's a mouthful right there.
0: It is a mouthful. So you said you're going back for your Ph.D. So that means you're going to get your master's and your Ph.D. together.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, first, I'm going to take some post back classes, and uh, we talked. You know, we were talking earlier about Temple Grandin, and uh, when I first met Temple uh, back in 2014, one of the things she told me to do if, if I have a career is I need to take baby steps. So I think you know other people have told me that too. So I think the first baby steps are the post back, but. I have my heart set on a uh, developmental psych, but I'm also interested in cognitive sciences, which uh, was, which was a class. I was fascinated by my final semester of college in 2020.
0: Now, how has ASD affected you in your college studies?
1: So first of all, uh, one of the things, one of the things that it affected me was uh, reading comprehension and One of the things I learned is that, uh, no, you don't have to sit for hours on end like three. Like I would sit reading um, a a chapter over and over again, uh, at least uh, for three or four hours a time. And Mm -hmm. I learned that uh, you cannot do that. You break it down in chunks. So I also Mm -hmm. had to learn how to take notes like I would write mm-hmm. everything down and then someone told me to uh, take notes. That was my late aunt. She told me to write an outline and then also learning not to highlight everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, as far as studies go, um, I was in special education back when I was in school because I hated studying and uh, I hated the whole idea of homework, but uh but I ended up in special education, and uh, the teachers told my parents, hey, she'll never amount to anything. And then my parents were told, well, you know what, she's going to go to college. And so my parents also encouraged me to go to college, so I had always sort of believed that. But as far as, uh, as struggles go, because I was in special education and I hated studying, I really didn't have any tutors. I didn't have any uh, mentors, anyone to help me. Everybody kept telling me, Well, you need to take these simple classes. This is all you can handle. Uh, You'll never amount to anything. And then, me, you know, I wanted to transfer my credits and go to a a four year um, institution like Georgia State University. Mm
0: -hmm. And I
1: had my heart set on Georgia State, which is where I now work and I go to school. But as far as struggling goes, I didn't really have a good background in, uh, in an academic uh, environment. For one thing, I did not even know how to do math other than adding and subtracting and some multiplication. So when I was, what, uh, 21 years old, I moved in with my aunt and she knew I wanted to go to college. And she's one of the people that encouraged me. And when she was when she was alive, she kept telling me, you know, Maya, do you want to flip burgers the rest of your life or do you want to learn math? So uh, back then, you know, as I just moved to Atlanta from Minnesota, uh, they told me what that or my aunt told me that, um, well, how do you know that math is going to be hard for you? So she bought me a bunch of study materials, even if uh, they were at elementary level. And she just gradually uh, worked me up to high school level math. And um, when I was ready, I, um, I went back and took some remedial classes and I, you know, I took something called the compass exam and yes, I had gotten better at math, but I, I was not up there with algebra, but I, I took a remedial uh, learning support and I, I was required to take two algebra classes so just first of all, the biggest struggle for me was learning how to do the math, learning that you can't sit and read a textbook just to understand the math. You actually have to practice it.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of reminds me of when I went for my master's. I knew nothing about studying. I knew nothing about note taking at all. And final exams come around and. I try the old-fashioned way. I try to cram it. I try to read everything and understand everything, and I wind up failing. So I have to take a reset. So I reach out to my friends, and I'm like, hey, guys, can someone give me some study tips? And they tell me, "Take study for five, study for 10, take five minutes off. And I started doing that, and I started realizing... I'm understanding what I'm reading. The material is slowly absorbing in my head. So I was able to pass my, all about one course in my master's exam for my master's. So yeah, I understand that. I mean, for me, note-taking, I recorded everything. And I wrote down notes and I highlighted what was important to me in my, book, in my book so I can take note cards and write them down and just practice what I needed to practice. All right, But I feel you there. Now, yeah. How was your dating life in college?
1: Well, all through college, I didn't have a significant other. I had a crush on another individual on the spectrum. That being said, he didn't like me back. And I struggled to understand that just because I like someone, it doesn't guarantee that they're going to like me back. Mm -hmm. And there are all kinds of nuances and all kinds of hints out there. For example, I like this other person on the spectrum that also went to college and got a fine education. But, you know, when I went to the autism support groups and this was before I got into school, he just wasn't that interested in me. I mean, most of the time, I mean, he would, most of the time he would just ignore me and he you know would want yeah. to talk about things that interested him i mean he would only talk to me when he was in the mood to talk about it because um, he just didn't understand and he couldn't handle my uh, attention deficit hyperactive disorder although he had it too but his problem was he had uh, severe uh, severe sensory processing disorders and then uh, some other type of issues i don't care to get into but um, I'm not going to mention this person's name, but um, he did have the tendency to flirt with me. But I discovered that uh, he he would only jerk me around when he wanted something. Otherwise, I just wasn't his type. And uh, he wanted to be with someone, uh, uh, I guess what... You know, what <sighs> I guess on on his own, he wanted someone who he could relate to, was on the same wavelength, someone that was just really brainy and geeky all the time, and me, and according to him, I was just too normal. So that was that was tough. That was when I was uh, when I was first working on my my associate's degree. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when I transferred my credits to Georgia State in 2010, I had another friend of mine uh, meet her husband, who was supposedly on the spectrum. It turned out later that she has a nonverbal learning disability. She Mm -hmm. met her significant other, and that was very hard to see. And I don't want to go into it. I'm trying to learn not to say bad things about other people. But it, it was just very hard to see her date him. And it was uh, very hard to really understand that when someone gets in a relationship, well, that's sometimes all you have time to, for is, is that guy or that, that lady. And, you know, understanding that uh, you need quality time together or, others, or that uh, you have dinner at a certain time. So there was that just understanding that when you're in a relationship with someone, they they often come first, even if you don't see them for a few days. And I mean, I uh, dating wise, I've been on a few blind dates and that was when uh, I was in high school. And I remember when I was 18 years old, I had wanted to kiss this this one guy who was a couple of years younger than I was, I was 18 and he was 15. Mm-hmm. And I remember, uh, I remember wanting it to work out so well. I thought it was going to be, yeah. I, I thought the fireworks were going to go off. And I mean, things were going well. And he gave me massages and he gave me, uh, he just, we snuggled together. And then when he kissed me, I hear, this is this is a funny story. I thought, what in the world is what in the world is moving on my lips? Yeah. And I just I didn't feel anything for him. And it was just I was so grossed out that I just completely shut down and left the room. And unfortunately, I took it out on the poor guy. It wasn't Aww. his fault. The, the problem was, yeah, uh, uh, it had nothing to do with whether or not he was a good kisser. I didn't know him that well. I only met him one time. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah. Now the guy that I'm in a relationship now with, and I'm pretty sure that that blind date I was with, he was, uh, he definitely had to be on the spectrum himself. He just, uh, but, you know, and that's why uh, my friend set us up is because she thought that we were both socially awkward (laughs) and she thought that uh, both of us seemed like we kind of enjoyed being in our own field. So she wanted to set me up with somebody who was similar, but you know, he and I didn't know each other from Adam and it was just, was not good. And then she uh, attempted to set me up with another blind date with a different guy. And that one, we talked on the phone and I thought that he was my boyfriend, but he wasn't, he was just a, he was—he was just another blind date, you know. And we had—we had only um, heard each other's voices over the phone. And then when—and then when I met him in person, he was not who I thought—who uh, I thought he was. It's like, for example, he told me over the phone that he was seventeen, and he was fifteen. And then the second factor is that I just wasn't attracted to him. And I just, uh, especially after he lied to me about my age, it was a turnoff. So.
0: Wow. So you've really had some interesting dating stories. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it like to be a female on the spectrum and try to date somebody, but when you're not getting what you want?
1: (laughs) Well, first of all, Um, what's it like to try to date someone? So before I met my boyfriend, I mean, I've had a lot of guys that are turned turned off by me, and they've called me ugly. I mean, they thought I was, especially as I've gained weight, and I've grown my hair, my hair is short. People, you know, they they call me ugly, they say I look like a man. And, you know, I've been told that uh, in order to find someone, I need to grow my hair out. And dress like a girl. You need to do this with yourself. You need to do that with yourself. Go out more. Go to nightclubs. Do this. Do that. And I, um, I honestly found my boyfriend in a place that I did not expect it. I mean, I met him years ago at a pool party. I mean, he turns out he and his mom live in the same complex. I mean, I met his mom first, and uh, his mom and I both kind of bonded because I was on the spectrum and I, and all that. And then um, I didn't meet him until three years later. And uh, we just, uh, we just, uh, we just kind of took it slow, but I thought he was cute, but I thought maybe I'm just too old for him. So I decided, why don't I just be friends with this guy? And so we just started bonding. Well, it turns out he liked me back. Mm. And um, for many years I said no to him. I said, honey, I said, I said, no, I'm too old for you. He goes, I, that doesn't matter. I have dated women in her fifties before. And so, um, was it last year? And so uh, was it, at the end of last year, you know, I hadn't seen him in a while. My, I, you know it's because he's got, he's busy. He has his own life. I'm busy. I have my own life. Both of us have jobs. I bumped into him at a holiday party and his mom just kept hinting that we get together. But I was looking at uh, dating someone else and you know, she once she would wanted us to date for a long time. And she once again, hinted, I said, well, doesn't he have a girlfriend? Because she goes, yeah, but it's off and on. And so laugh. And so huh. And so this last time, you know, he and I just kind of bonded and I kind of realized uh, we spent some time together. I kind of realized, you know what? I think I like this guy too. And so uh, like right before the new year, I agreed to go out with him and he and I have been dating since January. But to answer your question about uh, what I struggle with. So uh, there are times where I want to be with my boyfriend There are times where I miss him like anybody else. And there are times where I would like to have date nights when he has days off work. But, you know, he's got a life of his own. And sometimes I have to realize that he's not always going to text me when when I want him to because, you know, he has needs and wants just like I do. And sometimes he doesn't feel like talking on the phone. Sometimes he doesn't feel like coming over and spending the evening with me and so those are those struggles and then also learning how to set boundaries with him and telling him you know what I said no you know just you know there's something there's some things I don't like that he does and I'm there I'm sure that I do things that he doesn't like but just learning how to navigate that and learning how to take middle grounds together as a couple and then I think the the really big one I think the really big one is, you know, it's like I'm an extrovert and he's an introvert, but, you know, Mm -hmm. he's, uh, you know, he's, he's friendly enough that he'll talk to people. I mean, he's, he's like kind of, he's more introverted, but, you know, at the same time, he also is kind of outgoing and I mean, Mm -hmm. he'll talk to people, but. He's not interested in going out and uh, spending a fancy night on the town to him. Date night is uh, spending a time in with me. And then also uh, if he wants to go out to eat, he likes to, he likes to walk to local places or Mm -hmm. places that he, he can uh, take an Uber and a Lyft to that we both can afford. Uh, So there's that. And then because he's still, I live on my own and he still lives with his mom. And I mean, he's very, very independent. Otherwise, he takes Uber and Lyft everywhere. Takes care of his mom. He's very, he's very independent, very mature, has a good head on his shoulders. But there are times where he doesn't want to get on the bus because he thinks it's too slow. And he doesn't <clears> like riding public transportation. So, if his mom's home. He'll, have, you know, he'll, you know, and they have an arrangement where. Uh, he'll help pay for gas. And then sometimes he'll have her pick me up somewhere. And I don't always like that because um, I don't, uh, I don't like it when his mom, I mean, his mom is fine, but there are times where I kind of want to be alone with him. Mm. So, you know?
0: So that's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. yeah and I mean- take Valentine's day, for example. Go on. And take Valentine's day, for example, but I'm going to let you talk.
0: Go on. Let's hear about your Valentine's Day.
1: So, you know, long story short, I had wanted I I gave him instructions to come down to take the train, take the the metro train. You know, we have a we have a train system here like you have in Chicago, like you have the L. Mm
0: -hmm. We
1: have uh, we have we have a a rapid transit system. I mean, I didn't expect him to hop on the bus because he doesn't like it. What I was expecting him to do was just take uh, an Uber or a Lyft to the nearest train station. Uh, hop on the train, hop on the train and ride down. And so, and then he and I were going to just walk back and uh, ride the train back to uh, a favorite the spot in Atlanta to spend Valentine's Day together. And on Valentine's Day, he asked on Valentine's Day, he has his mom has his mom drive all the way down to Atlanta to pick me up after work. And I was not happy with, the, with them for doing that.
0: <laughs> How far does he live from you?
1: He lives in the same complex, I do. I mean, he just lives at the front. I live towards the back, so. Oh. Yeah.
0: Well, he lives in the same complex, but yet he couldn't just walk from one end to the
1: other. Yeah, he walks. Yeah, he has no problem walking there. He just wasn't comfortable walking off the train and walking down the street to my office building.
0: Oh, to your office?
1: Yeah, this was on Valentine's Day. Okay,
0: so you... Okay. So you gave him instructions to meet you at your office. Oh God.
1: Yeah. And so he had, he had his mom pick, he had his mom pick him up. And, and Basically his, his mother
0: mom, is his living chauffeur.
1: I don't want to say that. I mean, he's, it's what he's happy with. So I don't want to say that about him. He just, uh, he paid, I mean, he, you know, his, his, his mind is I pay my mom for gas in his mind. It's I pay my mom for gas. I pay my mom gas, so why not ask her to give me a ride? So, but uh, does he
0: ever think about maybe his mom has got doesn't have the time?
1: I probably, I wonder the same thing myself.
0: I mean, I wonder if his mom has ever said no. I'm busy.
1: Well, uh, well, I'm sure she has. Uh, like for example, she what you know? She told us very clearly that no, you guys are taking you guys are taking an Uber home tonight because I'm going out for Valentine's day with my, my gal pals. So she was able to drop us off at Atlantic station, which is um, it, which is a nice spot in Atlanta, Metro Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I kept telling him I wanted to take him there for a date. And um, I mean, he loved it. I mean, he, he didn't think he would love it, but uh, he loved it. He was laughing. He was having a good time, but yeah, she usually tells him if she's going to be out and she'll tell him, well tonight you're taking an uber home so and he he has taken the bus by himself when he's gone to job sites so but
0: it's very interesting in the way you the way you two deal with each other i mean it's
2: yeah yeah.
0: have you snapped at him before i mean has he done something that's lily caused you just to say no uh well, you've crossed your boundaries
1: yeah i have I've, I've you know yeah i have i've told uh, not scream at him but uh, there are times where uh, you know where i didn't talk to him for a couple of weeks and uh, there are times where i had to tell him that hey you're being a little too pushy or hey i'm concerned that we're going to do something that we both regret so all the time
0: all right now let's get on to some other issues what issues do you okay. face as a female on the spectrum?
1: mm mm-hmm. So a lot of times uh, people think that I mask very well. Masking, you know, you know what masking is. Yeah, where I know gotta. what
0: masking is, definitely.
1: Yeah. And a lot of times, uh, one of the things I face as a female on the spectrum is masking. And then another thing I face is I sometimes have friends that are convinced I don't think she's on the spectrum. I don't think oh. she's autistic. I mean, my late aunt said that back in the year 2000. She so thought that I just had ADHD.
0: So basically you deal with the imposter the imposter syndrome, where people literally think because they don't see the other side, they don't yeah. think you're on the spectrum.
1: Yeah. And then it's like once I educate people that I'm autistic, people start talking to me as if I'm a child. Yeah. People start re- trying to relate to me differently. And it's like they they find out what things I'm interested in. And then the conversations go from um, big girl to big boy conversations to more superficial and more super fa- superficial or they change the subject about, around me. Or, you know, they think. They think that everything I do, every action and every every action I make has everything to do with me being autistic.
0: <laughs> Speaking of what is your hyperfocus?
1: Hyper focus? Movies.
0: Uh so you're a movie I, buff.
1: Yeah, I have a big movie buff. Cats are too. Um, yeah, well, last, uh, because you, last time I was in Chicago, my friend Matt took me to, uh, per, not Pervana, but he took me to the Windy Kitty, which is the cat cafe. Oh yeah. So yeah, he knows that my, my other hyper focus has been, is Temple Grandin. I mean, I get so excited every time, um, <laughs> I haven't seen her in person in two years, but I've talked to her in a couple of podcasts myself, but and those are my hyper focus. But right now, um, and don't don't anybody start asking me about this. OK, this is something it's a guilty pleasure. But since I started dating my boyfriend, mm-hmm. it's like, a, you know, our fa- our movie is Guardians of the Galaxy one and two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have
0: you watched the series Love on the Spectrum?
1: What's it Love on the Spectrum? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I hate it.
0: You do not like it. Okay.
1: I hate it. Yeah.
0: I auditioned for it, actually. Oh, really? Yes. My life, co- my ASD life coach knew the people because they contacted her. And she asked if there was anyone interested in him being on the show. And I was like, I did because they were doing the U.S. version. Hmm. So I had a Zoom call with one of the Casting producers, really yeah. nice guy, spent about 30 minutes. He really seemed to like me, but it, like you said, at the end, it's not up to him. It's up to the network. No. And like I was telling my life coach in our, in our group that I think the problem is I am not what they're looking for. They want someone who's a little lower on the spectrum not put together.
1: Ouch. That's, uh, that's disgusting. Yeah. See, I thought, I was actually very bored with the series. I didn't like the idea about the blind dates. And it was like, I felt like they're focusing too much on the autism and mm-hmm. they are on the people. And, you know, if, if you watch the version where they're in, was it West, Austra- East Australia, West Australia?
0: The original, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, uh, they yeah, they meant let's say for instance okay it, it was like this okay i'm going to use a couple of names so it was tommy it was like this tom tonight tommy is going to be meeting jessica jessica likes soda cats and movies she hates yogurt cream cheese and thunderstorms mm. see i mean Honestly, they're they're more focused on on the autism and uh, their hyper focuses, but they just were like they were putting them into a box. I didn't like that. And then they didn't really talk about what they did with their lives. They didn't really talk about uh, whether or not they had jobs. It was just all about dating, dating, dating. I mean, the dating Mm. is fine, but these they were all blind dates and 90 percent of them didn't even work out. I mean, interesting people, yes. Mm-hmm. But it, I just found the show to be really boring.
0: All right. <clears throat> what ASD traits do you notice in yourself?
1: ASD traits, what's that?
0: Autism traits.
1: Um, well, autism traits do I notice in myself? Let's see. First of all, I'm quirky.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I'm quirky. I flat my hands. I notice my hyper focuses, like right now, you know. I mean, I'm trying trying to focus on other things. Like right now, for example, um, I know I-, I like to script like right now. I have this thing where uh I have this thing where where I want where I want to try to memorize everything that Rocket says, in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Like, you know, you know that scene where he's uh He's laughing, uh, laughing at the bad guy in one of the scenes, you know, I'm trying to remember all those lines. Mm-hmm. So those type of things, just learning every little odd detail about Guardians, even um, learning about how Rocket was made. So those are some traits. All right.
0: Now, let's talk a little bit about yourself for a minute. Um, okay. When did you find out you were on the spectrum? I was 11. And what was your first inclination of when your parents told you you're on the spectrum. Did a light bulb go off and say, "Ah, this is why I am the way I am.
1: I thought autism. What's that? I thought, (laughs) yeah, I thought autism. What's that? But yeah, at least I have a disease like cancer back then. I thought it was cool because I wanted the attention, but as I got older, I, you know, I didn't like, I didn't like how I was being put into a box. I didn't like being in special education. I mm. didn't like being told that um, I that I would never amount to anything just because I was autistic.
0: Oh, I, that reminds me. I that reminds me of a story of myself. I don't mean to bring it back to myself, but I I don't. You probably have this out there where you are. We have a thing called the Department of Rehab. And they basically, yeah. And well, when I was younger, I went, I was going through them and I had one and I would every so often I would switch counselors. I had this one counselor that sat down with me and my mother and told me square directly right to my face. You'll never be able to go to a four-year college because of your disability. What a small minded guy. I, at the end of that, I got up as my mom and I were walking out. I told, I looked my mom scoring the face and saying, I am totally offended by that. How dare she say something just because of the way I am. And I went out to prove them wrong. And I did. Yeah. I graduated. W- online. I went for an online college. And graduated four years with a bachelor's in uh, computer science
1: Mm, very cool my bachelor's is in psychology i have an associate and a bachelor's so but what happened but anyway for me i had something similar happen when uh when i was 21 i had moved in with my aunt and i was not happy that my aunt was going to let me uh go through vocational rehabilitation because I did not need one more organization putting me into a little box and telling me or assuming what I could and could not do. I had enough of that in special education. So I went through vocational rehabilitation because my aunt was worried that I wasn't holding on to several jobs. I mean, I, um, I kept getting hired and fired back when I lived, when I attempted to live on my own in Minneapolis and that's a whole, another story, but, um, they put me through, they put me through vocational rehabilitation and they needed a new doctor's report. So they sent me to this, um, uh, this quick 45 minute doctor's evaluation and this guy that I saw, uh, just, well uh, this, I'm not going to mention his name, but this person that I saw, I mean, he took one look at me and I mean, he was asking me questions that were, I thought were strange. And so I was getting frustrated with him for that. And then he kept interrupting me. And so he decided that um, I wouldn't be able to hold down a job uh, for more than two weeks. And it is better for me to be in a sheltered workshop. So, uh, the voc rehab people said uh, told me and told my aunt, go back to social security and go get, <sighs> go back to social security and go, go get a work evaluation. So they put me on a third, on a 30 day work evaluation and promised they were going to pick up the pace if I passed this evaluation. Well, they did nothing. They just left me at the mercy of the job coaches at, uh, at the sheltered workshop. And they put me into a job for about eight years and they really didn't give me much to do. I mean, it was just basic babysitting. What they did for eight years is they just had me uh, work on production, scanning, scanning broken, looking for broken pieces on computer parts and scan things into a wholesale retail system. Or uh, they would just have me uh, throw away any excess computer parts. They called it scrapping. Or you know, if we didn't have anything to do, they would have us clean. I mean, they had other areas; they had shipping, but they didn't. They didn't let us work in shipping. They had, um, they had, they had sales. They had the front desk. Uh, they didn't bother to uh, train me or any of uh, their other clients who went through uh, this program to do better things i mean the pay was terrible and it just it was not the best fit for me it was the Mm. the environment was also Mm -hmm. very toxic i mean i've talked about it an umpteen number of times on my podcast but um it was not the best experience after a while and i was not treated very well there my my, my job coach what go on yeah it's just they they just the You know, they I don't I want to be careful with what I say because I'm on a podcast, but uh, I just didn't think I was treated very well. I mean, they disagree with me. They think that I was the one who was the troublemaker, but (laughs) I was really just advocating for myself because I didn't agree with what they were doing and I didn't like what I saw. And I just uh, I just really felt that I deserved better. And (laughs) And that since I was getting an education and switching to psychology, I felt like I was entitled to a better job, you know, and and to better opportunities.
0: That reminds me of when I was younger, my parents put me, thought that the Jewish vocational center Mm -hmm. was going to help. They said, oh, yeah, we and they literally told my they My parents literally told them my son is incredibly smart and good with computers, put him with something with computers Teach him. I wound up for a good year doing nothing but piecemeal.
2: Um, Camera
0: bags, fishing poles. The only time I really enjoyed myself is when they sent me to go pick up paychecks from their downtown office and then bring them back because then I got to stop. I got to stop and eat lunch on my own time and then head back. And then I started seeing a therapist my parents thought would help, but I had nothing to talk about at the time. So we'd sit there and we'd play card games together. And then finally the JVS let me go because they say, you lied to us. We were letting you go every Friday because we thought you were going to therapy when you were ending it. I'm like, My parents are like, do they have have the right to talk to your therapist?
1: Mm. So how was your therapist? It sounds like that didn't work out either.
0: No, he was a nice guy. I mean, but I just back then I had nothing to talk about. Mm. Now I have, because I've lost my father, I'm still dealing with my living at home. I've had trouble keeping jobs. Now, I have a life coach who has helped me get my podcast moving and helps me keep my keep um keeps me focused.
1: Mm. Yeah, sounds like you've been through a lot.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, just recently I lost my dog, so we're de- I'm dealing with dealing with a quiet home, and, and it's just me and my mom, and my brother and sister in law my nephews live one house over. So, mm. I
1: it's see. hard. I bet it is. So,
0: Do you have any great dating stories?
1: Mm, With my boyfriend, yeah.
0: With your boyfriend, let's hear some.
1: Well, I think my favorite, we have lots of dating stories, and I don't want to talk about all of them because there's a lot of private stuff. I think... I think one of my favorite dating stories with my boyfriend was uh, like we had a snowstorm in Atlanta this past winter, and it's very rare that we have snow. We had snow the night before Martin Luther King Day. And so he was where he was getting he got off work early. And so he texted me. Oh, can I come hang out with you? So he came out and hung out with me and we just spent the evening in watching movies. And I told them, why don't we go have a snowball fight? Okay. So he and I went outside and threw snowballs at each other. <laughs> so that was a really great dating story. And then, you know, we'd also, you know, we, we also managed to watch uh, guardians of the galaxy, the first one together. And he and I, he and I were singing along to all the songs because we both love classic rock.
0: No. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. I have not seen either one of them.
1: Don't take it. Don't. I mean, um, it took Yeah, well, I just gradually got back to them. I mean, it recently got got hooked on them after I started dating my boyfriend. I mean, I'd seen him before and liked him, but I got really hooked on them after uh, I saw them. I got hooked up on them again after uh, I don't know. Um, let's see. Yeah. I got hooked up on them again after he and I started dating. So it's like, those are our movies. I, and then I was so excited. I had to buy the soundtracks. <laughs> so, but I could tell you that that was a great dating story. And then I think another story that was really great was when he and I both, uh, he and I one time tried to go out for dinner and, you know, and then he and I were going to spend the rest of that, that evening together. Um, and he and I uh, went to go have dinner together. And it turns out they were having, uh, what was it? They were having tr- team trivia night. And so it, you know, it was just kind of overwhelming. And at first I I was kind of embarrassed because I wanted to chat with my boyfriend. And then. Uh, And then I just slowly uh, relaxed and got into it because I normally liked that stuff, but not when I was on a date, but as he and I just enjoyed time together, I mean, they played different types of music. And so he and I enjoyed that. And then he and I just quietly enjoyed. uh, Yeah. He and I just quietly enjoyed those sessions. So, and then I'm also learning how to create date night at home. Like, Uh, recently I had us play a very sober version and a very interesting version of never have I ever with him. Like where we drank tomato juice together.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And uh, so, you know, where I read off my phone and then, you know, if we, if we both did something, we both had to drink the tomato juice and he didn't like it. It was like, this is like the, this is like a chilled tomato soup. I don't like it. (laughs) It was really funny. So, you yeah, know, well, he and I have had some really fun times together. So, I mean, I, um, I am trying to also come up with a fun theme where he and I lay down, uh, both lay down on the floor and, uh, you know, just have like a, like, a, like a camp out theme in my living room. But so far <laughs> that hasn't worked out because he just has such a busy schedule. So the, those are some fun ideas. And then recently, I think another really fun dating story was when he decided he wanted to come over after work a couple of weeks ago, and so, uh, you know, he just he came over. He was in the bathroom, and we were watch, we were watching TV. I mean, the Ten Commandments was on TV. Oddly enough, one week before Passover, which mm-hmm. it, which usually which they usually play on, the, they play the the Sunday before. Yeah, um, no,
0: I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. Jewish, so I'm Jewish. I, yeah, no yeah. So I, I. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. When I when I saw them doing the Ten Commandments, I go to my mom and like, you know, it's coming close to Easter and Passover when they start playing the Ten Commandments on TV.
1: Yeah. So yeah. I mean. By the way, uh, how was your how was your Passover and how's your feast of unleavened bread going?
0: Um, Passover was okay. Quiet. It was just me, my mother, my mm-hmm. brother, and my nephews. My nephew came home from college for Easter, so. We got to spend Passover with him, and then Easter, we went to my sister in law's. Um, they, re- my sister in law's got this huge family, and they rented out a uh, club for mm-hmm. everyone because now all the younger kids have ki- are having kids, are married, and having kids, so there was room for everybody.
1: I bet it was fun.
0: It was fun, but like I'm always exhausted because of the uh, overstimulation and everything. By the time I get back, I'm exhausted.
1: Yeah. Well, as, and because, you know, in addition to being on the spectrum and then, yeah. uh, you know, running out of spoons and then also, uh, you know, you're, it's pro- also part of getting older. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah For well, me it's more eating a lot of the junk before you eat the regular food. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so anyway, uh, I understand. But anyway, getting back to what happened. So anyway, he came over. He was in the bathroom. And you know, first of all, I had the Ten Commandments on and I saw a commercial for Moon Knight, and, which is now popular on Disney Plus, which is a, ser- um, a miniseries.
0: Not, I'm going to tell you one little thing. It didn't get renewed
1: oh really well you know i saw the pre well anyway here's the funny thing so my boyfriend loves comic books i mean he's in love with spawn and he's you know he loves he loves that there's a multiverse in spider-man he loves guardians so you know he and i enjoy watching it together and i mean i'm i'm into the animated series myself of guardians but anyway when he was in the bathroom and the tail end of it, the they showed the previews for the, the for the Moon Knight miniseries, mm-hmm. and so I, yeah, you know, creeped me out. And so I was talking, I talking to myself for thinking out loud, and I thought, "Gee, that looks," I said, "That looks depressing." And you could hear him in the bathroom, and I'm, uh, I, uh, I'm not going to say exactly what he said because uh, we're on air, and it's okay. So he says, "Don't talk." So I'm going to paraphrase. So he go. So you could hear him in the bathroom going, "Don't talk like that." And he opened the door up, and I said, "What are you talking about?" And he goes, "Don't talk. Don't talk bad. Don't talk bad on Moon night. That show is awesome." And so I asked him what it was like, and he said, "It's like Daredevil." And I said, "Was no. Stan in it?" And he said, no. "Yeah."
0: Um. Moon Knight, he's got what's called disassociative identity. Basically, he's two identities. Mm. He's this Egyptian god. He's this guy in the Egypt working for the Egyptian gods, Trump. And he takes over this other guy who's got this, in his life, disassociative identity. And the first two episodes are very slow and very non-actiony.
1: They're kind of boring, the first two episodes. Kind of
0: boring. I mean, to put it bluntly, I literally had to fast-forward through a lot of it to get to some of the action stuff.
1: Oh, I hate movies. I hate shows like that. I mean, Um,
0: I went with my parents, my my mother, my nephew, and my brother to see Lost City. mm. The new Sandra Bullock movie. Oh, really? Yeah. You know the one like um, Romancing the Stone?
1: I've never seen that movie.
0: All right, and I kept wanting to reach for a controller and fast forward.
1: I bet a lot of people did. Now, I felt that way about watching uh, The Eternals. I mean, that movie dragged on forever.
0: Anything slow just just like kind of is like fingernails on a chalkboard for me. It's like I need things fast going. I need action. I get bored really fast.
1: Yeah. And so anyway uh so anyway we watched the last hour and a half of the 10 commandments Mm -hmm. originally I was going to put on men in black I was at the for some reason I went out to a convenience store around my house and I got some things because I was kind of tired and I wanted to wake up because he was coming over so we're watching TV and so anyway we're watching we're watching TV and, and before I put put on the 10 commandments. I was at this convenience store and I saw the 10 commandments as on. So I thought, interesting, I'm going to show this to my boyfriend. So we go home or I go home and uh, he, he uses the bathroom, comes out, watches the 10 commandments with me. And uh, he says a bunch of really funny things. I'm not kidding you. For example, you remember the scene where Moses turns the water to blood.
0: Yeah.
1: Actually, actually it was Aaron, not Moses. <sighs> Yeah. so he he was in just to tell you how funny it was so we're sitting there together just kind of you anyway, know just spending date night in and I hear him I hear you know I see that the what he sees that the water is yellow and so he asks is that all pee? and I said no that's <laughs> supposed to be water he goes so God turned the water so God turned the pee to, to pee to blood and I said no that's supposed to be water <laughs> so yeah there was that scene. And then when we watched um, and then we watched the scene with the Red Sea, he goes, no way am I going in there for one thing? I hate water because I can't swim.
0: (laughs) Anyways, you have a podcast. You've mentioned it many times. Yeah. Tell me about your podcast.
1: Well, the name of my show is called Hello World with Maya. And so what I basically do is I like to take middle grounds. I believe in raising autism awareness and acceptance together. And first of all, I will tell everyone that I don't go for the puzzle piece or the infinity symbol. It used to be a purple sneaker. But what I use now is a I use a simple purple heart. Cause I want to stand in the middle. And mm-hmm. the reason why I like to raise awareness as well is because autism awareness is about education. And sometimes that, that awareness starts with yourself and then autism awareness. Also, you have self acceptance as well. So learning how to love yourself, but uh, I believe with autism awareness, you can't have one without the other. And so, I believe that autism awareness uh, should be spread at the community level, not at the level of Autism Speaks, and not at the level of uh, uh, you know where where you have all these DSMs. Yes, those those things play a very important role, but I believe that they play. I believe that they play the role, but. What comes after that is learning how to be aware that, yes, someone on the spectrum uh, uh, can't talk, but they're excellent with computers and they have a lot of, uh, they have a lot of knowledge with computers, even though they can't talk. And so, first of all, making people aware that he's got these great skills, but that he can't talk and sometimes he needs a little extra help and just also learning how to accept that. And learning to accept that he's a normal person like everyone else. So, mm-hmm. and then also learning to accept that uh, just because someone's autistic doesn't mean that they're diseased.
0: True. It's like dealing with the toxic, toxic people of the world who see us as we're diseased and don't want to do anything with us.
1: Yeah. And, you know, when you know what was uh, what's really sad about that, because I was very concerned when the DSM switched from Asperger's syndrome back to autism spectrum disorder, because back when when we had Asperger's syndrome, the, you, you know, people you noticed that people were more accepting of us.
0: Yeah, I mean, what's funny nowadays is you I've come across I don't know if you've come across this, but in the community, there are those who are so despondent of using the term Asperger's.
1: <laughs> yes, they are.
0: And I've gotten into so many fights with people because of my name on my show. I've had people <laughs> literally tell me I should change on TikTok with am on TikTok. Tell me I need to change the name because it deals with a negative and it's hurtful. I'm like, mm. you're living in the past. It's a term that's in the past and what's happened is in the past. And you need to move on from that point.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what else, what else bugs me? I've been picked on uh, for have in my blog in my past. I got attacked by someone because I used with autism instead of autistic. Ugh. And it was your show really offends me. How dare yeah, you I've use the term time. with autism?
0: Yeah. I've had yeah, I've had people literally attack me from my show. Mm-hmm. and i've had people say i had a I had a really good friend i met in the facebook autism group once mm-hmm. because i've had i pe- i've had parents say i've read articles and posts and people say i don't like to use the word disabled it doesn't my son isn't disabled and i'm thinking and i sit here and i'll go wrong your son is disabled and you need to to get your son help it's the only way you will be able to you need to accept the term that he is a someone who is disabled
1: yeah and then you know helping them figure out how to work around those disabilities i mean yeah. i'm sure some people might not like this term so back then i didn't like being referred to as disabled i, I wanted people to know me as maya yeah, and so there. and so back when i was back when, when i my early thirties, I came up with a human detour system, meaning you, there are things that, uh, the people need to work on. And, you know, there, there's certain, you know, there, we, there, there are things that we'll never be able to do, but there, there, there are they probably more things that we can do and work, you know, and use the focus on those things and work around what we can't do, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, and then I was talking with this friend of mine and she, I'm like, People just don't like the term autism or autistic or Asperger's. And she's like, they can think what they want. It's still autism. You can call it the the pink purple elephant. Hmm. And it still will be autism.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I just, I don't, one thing I don't understand is I don't understand why people get upset about the difference between with autism and autistic. I mean, why do people get so, um, bent I don't out know of shape? people,
0: people get bent out of shape and it's aggravating. You're all part of the same community. Just yeah. Come together and be happy and supportive of each other and not argumentative and try to fight each other.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like people, they get mad at each other, you know, over the silly things, you know?
0: I but, mean, the biggest thing is, I mean, in England, they're way ahead of times with autism than we are
1: wow, really could you tell me about that
0: oh god um they are more accepting i think with autism they do a lot more for them i mean one of my big one of my good friends who i met from my show he's one of the biggest autism advocates out there hmm it, He's got a show called the Aspie world and he talks with people on subjects and everything. He's on the spectrum. He's a really nice guy. And through time we became like really good friends. I mean, he's had your good friend, Dr. Temple Grandin on his show twice. Mm, Yeah. And so I I joke with him. I'm like, dude, how the hell you get her on your show twice. And I can't even get her once. And he sends me a message back. He's like, dude, she's a busy woman. I'm sorry.
1: She really is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't talk to her that much, but I need, yeah. But uh, you're just inspiring me now. Maybe I should have her on my show a third time.
0: (laughs) He's also good friends with um, there's another YouTuber out there who talks a, a, a whole lot about ADHD called how to adhd and i've been trying to get her on my show and he's like she's super busy as well but i noticed when i was in england for my master's mm. i had you had a disability advisor working with you 100 of the time
2: mm.
0: and he set me up with um I had a psychotherapist for like six weeks to help me get through the change. And then I had a well being advisor to help me deal with everything else. But he, and I would check in on him with him every once a week. And we'd talk about what's going on and everything else. And when I first failed my finals, I came to him. I was, I'm like, we're going to open this together. He opened it up and realized that I had failed on a class, he's like, I'm going to get you help. So Mm -hmm. he got me an other other well-being advisor. And here's a weird story of how my autism mind works. We said I sat down with this well-being advisor, and we created a work schedule for me, a study schedule. Basically, it was wake up, eat, study, eat, study, sleep. And I followed it to, to the T to the point where one day I come, I went outside for some air and a friend of mine looks at me and just goes, You look like shit. Oh. I'm like, That's because all I've been doing is following my study schedule. She's like, Dude, you need a break. Oh, yeah. So I started taking breaks a little here and there and I just started feeling so much better.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: that's because think- my mind is. Uh, I need to follow this to the T, and that's how my mind works a lot. Even with like cooking and stuff, my mom will sit there and say, "You, you don't need to follow the recipe exactly. You can alter from it."
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. You know, speaking of recipes, um, I did a little research. So, you know, right now, you know, I'm learning that you can't, you know, all the my favorite sauces. Like right now, I can't go get a cheeseburger. Um, I can't get can't go out and get ketchup i can't go get uh cocktail sauce and put it on my gefilte fish because it has vinegar in it and as you know vinegar has uh has is made from malt or a wheat so no so no no sauces from a traditional grocery store right now but
0: oh, see, i'm not as orthodox as you mm-hmm. yeah i'm but, more a traditional i mean i don't go to temple I'll observe the holidays, but not to the point of altering things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, sometimes, well, sometimes it's frustrating. But what you know, here's let me tell you a trick about eating matzah for seven days or the, the Let feast- me tell
0: you a trick. My birthday sometimes lands on Passover. Oh wow! Back in back when we were observing it a little bit because of my aunt, my mom had to literally make a kosher cake.
1: Oh, cool. Oh, yeah like the kosher cake, like uh, icebox cake. I made that for the first time. Uh, speaking of which, my boyfriend tried it. I mean, I had him taste different kosher for Passover foods. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he wanted to try gefilte fish. I've heard good I things love, about that I things. love
0: gefilte fish. That's so my do mother. I.
1: So do I. But, uh, you know, uh, he doesn't like it. And so anyway. What do you think of matzah? What do I think? Of, he says what matzah. What do you think t- of matzah? He thought matzah tastes worse than a saltine cracker.
0: How can you compare matzah to a salting cracker? I love saltines, and I love matzah, especially with peanut butter on it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well. So anyway, um, so here's how I here's how I kind of observe. So yes, I eat matzah throughout the week, and I I have my fun traditions. Like I still need to make my matzah caramel crunch with the brown sugar and the chocolate chips and the butter. Oh, you, you freeze try
0: it. chocolate matzah.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. So good. So anyway, so what I do, what I do for Passover is I just, I eat the matzah and I, what I do is that during the week, i mean, sure I try, I tried, first of all, I try to avoid places that sell cheeseburgers and I also try to good work luck. on it. what, here's how I do it. What I do is I just, I'll eat the matzah, but I also find some, some recipes that are kosher for Passover friendly And I just enjoy those recipes, and then I um, eat the mat. I eat the matza along the way, and then I just um, enjoy my life. Like right now, I'm doing this podcast with you, and then I'm headed to work. So, yeah. And then at the same time, I'm counting down. Like I believe I have three more days, and I can't wait. I can't wait to uh, bite into a big old juicy cheeseburger in a few days.
0: Oh, I for my birthday, we went to a really great, amazing Mexican restaurant that my entire family has been to, except for me. And oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, so good. But I have issues because I think it's part of my autism. I have a slight dairy intolerance. Mm. where i can't eat a lot of ice cream although i can't eat any i can't eat soft cheeses like brie um milk anything like that goes right through me
1: all right yeah so but anyway if you guys want to know a more, more about my podcast, first yeah. of all, I am currently on a podcast tour. I normally have guests on my show in April as a part of Autism Middle Grounds Month or Spectrum Middle Grounds Month. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't How like do to say. Choose,
0: let's get into a little bit. How do you choose your guests?
1: So, first of all, I just I reach out to anyone. Who, uh, who I think might be a good candidate for the show, and um, I pick people who are positive and people that like like your friend your friend who is mentioning that autism is like the perfect purple, purple elephant. Um,
0: uh, someone who looks at
1: autism as the perfect the purple elephant, and at the end of the day, we're all part of the same community.
0: Yeah, and um, if you would like, I will send you my list. Okay, I have talked with people who are experts in meditation, people who are experts in emotions, an ADHD specialist, um, life coaches, veterinarians, or a vet, because I did one show about autism and pets. I did a whole four-part series after dark talking about sex and autism and stuff like that from intimacy to dating to sex to sex to a dating um a dating clinic in malta for (laughs) autism those who are on the spectrum all over the world i've talked with people so i'll give you my list
1: sounds really good yeah that sounds really really good i'd be happy to reach out to these people as i'm looking for people on the show who can be more positive and then um you're welcome to be on the show if you want
0: all right yeah lastly
1: what i want to do is i want to have more live shows too and then archive them and then uh, build a wider audience that way
0: so live as in live live
1: yeah 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 i
0: yeah who do you who's your um Podcast. Um,
1: oh, I use Podbean.
0: Same here. So, you want to do a live? I've been wanting to do a live, but just yeah. haven't found the right topic to do one.
1: Yeah, me either. So,
0: anyway, um, let's end this with who do you follow? Do you follow any ASD or podcasters, YouTubers, oh, or yeah. podcasters?
1: Lots of them, and I'm I'm also going to put out my website so people so those are a few things i want to promote so first of all i follow uh, sam mitchell of autism rocks and rolls
0: oh god i had him on my show
1: yeah he's funny
0: he's funny i've talked he's a little i talked with him and his mother yeah yeah and he's very interesting
1: he's interesting and then um I also follow, uh, I haven't followed it in a while, but Converge Autism Radio. They're based out of Georgia.
0: Um, That's funny you mentioned them. I do Convergence Convergence Autism Radio is part of the Mental Health Radio News Network. I do one of their shows for them. It's me, it's Dr. Stephanie. um,
1: She and I are very good friends.
0: Dr. Stephanie?
1: Yeah, Dr. Stephanie. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's who introduced
0: yeah. us. Yeah, and um, it's me, Dr. and Dr. Stephanie. We both do uh, shows for Convergence Autism.
1: Yeah, she's uh, she's really cool. Uh, so I follow them. I also follow Haley Moss from Spectrumly Speaking. Uh, you know Haley Moss? No. Haley Moss, uh, she's Florida's first openly autistic attorney. Uh, wow. Yeah, she's, yeah, she was on the news and everything else, but uh, yeah, I ended up meeting her through some other networks of mine, and then she and I did um, an episode together, It was it, a couple years ago? Uh, we were supposed to be on a panel together, and it fell through because of the pandemic, and so so I decided to, uh, to promote her on my podcast in case the panel did come back up. So she and I chatted. She is really, really nice. What's Um, her name? Haley Moss. And the name of her show is called Spectrumly Speaking. And she's the co-host on that show as well. So.
0: Yeah, she's she might be an interesting guest. I actually have a guest coming up. You may want to listen to it. It's not until the 13th. But um, I'm having a guest who specializes in talking about autism and the media.
1: Super cool. I give my two cents on what's going on with autism in the media. So it would be nice to have some other guests on the show talk about autism in the media. And then I'm going to have an upcoming episode. Speaking of autism, media and pop culture. I don't know if you ever followed the show young Sheldon. No. Yeah. Well, Um, So I personally like young Sheldon better than the Big Bang Theory, because first of all, the writing is a lot better and they do a good job of capturing a young boy on the spectrum, uh, despite the stereotypes with him being a savant genius. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the there's one episode in there where speaking we're talking about jobs, but there is one episode in there where he tries to get a job or or tries to work as a docent at a train shop. And uh, he doesn't end up keeping it because, uh, first of all, his uh, his boss doesn't have any patience and he doesn't really structure him and tell him what he needs to do. Instead, he just lets Sheldon run all over the shop or all over the museum and uh, follow everyone, just follow everyone around and uh, spout out a bunch of um, deep facts about trains and you know instead of giving them space to enjoy the museum and mm. then you know it's because of Sheldon's attitude and so his boss can't take the fact that Sheldon is uh is a know-it-all and the fact that a Sheldon doesn't understand boundaries so he just decides that he's going to let Sheldon go as a docent so and i want to talk about that episode because um i think you know, there's some problems with it like for example you know when you hire a person on the spectrum and then you, you get you, you just uh you, you don't tell them what they need to do they sometimes they'll do whatever they feel like and then they get into trouble and that's what gets them fired
0: yeah i mean that's what we're, we're going to talk about representation and how media rep it Are they representing the autism people correctly? We're going to talk. I mean, I'll have a bunch of questions for her.
1: Okay. So, so anyway, let me tell you how you can find me. So first of all, I am calling for proposals to be on my show. And then I am looking to go on a po- a podcast tour, and the name of my tour is called Taking Middle Grounds, and I have done two tours, so I've done two shows so far. I mean, last week, I was just on uh, Autism Live with uh, Shannon Penrod and her co-host, Nancy.
0: I've been trying to get Autism Live on the show.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, Nancy, well, uh, they've agreed to be on my show. Uh, have you been on their show yet?
0: Nope. I just sent them a message through uh, Matchmaker FM saying I would love to have them come on my show.
1: Yeah, I uh, well, Yeah, I recommend having them on the show. She's Shannon is wonderful. And then I'm going to be on Sam Mitchell's show in May. And I believe he wants to talk to me about what autism is like. So um, uh, if you He's guys want to learn more. Person. Sorry.
0: He's this very weird. He does think so differently.
1: Yeah, he does. Yeah, he, he has his own podcast, too. I mean, and he said he started working on his podcast after volunteering to be part of a podcast in high school. Mm-hmm. So he's just he's super amazing. I know we had Armani Williams on the show and Armani is also on the spectrum. Uh, he's uh, NASCAR's first openly autistic race car driver.
0: He's had a couple of famous people on the show. I mean, he's had, um, of course, Dr. Temple Grandin. Yep. He's had a Australian rock group who's one of the members is Autistic. He had Armani. He had, um, oh, man, um, what's her name? The winner of uh, one of the... He was um the blind singer from America's Got Talent.
1: Hmm. Yeah, sounds really good.
0: Yeah, he's had a couple interesting people, but he's I think he's big into wrestling.
1: Yep, he is. He
0: so. had a bunch of wrestlers on. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to be on his show. And if you guys, if any of you hear this and you have a podcast, uh, please be sure to put, please be sure to um, get me on your show. I would love to talk to you. And the best way you could do that is uh, visit my page. Go to Hello World with Maya. That's Hello World with Maya. Podbean.com. And I'm just editing the page and updating it. What you can do is you can learn more about me and the show. You can also listen to other archived episodes. And if you just want to listen, I recommend downloading to Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio. You can find me on Google. You can also uh, ask Alexa to play Hello World with Maya. So there's just lots and lots of different ways where you can listen in. And uh, again, all you have to do is go to Hello World with Maya that podbean.com that's hello world with maya.podbean.com and all you have to do all you have to do if you want to be a guest on the show is fill out an application and if you want me on your show uh you, you fill out an application just two different uh completely different forms and then eventually i would like to add some sponsors to the show so that um, i could update to the uh, mm-hmm. you know to Podbean pro so that I could have them advertise me in commercials and have more people listen in on the show. So, yeah, I've been, right now, yeah. here we are.
0: I've been trying to are. get a, I've been trying to get a, uh, a sponsor. I
1: Actually, haven't started.
0: I'm, ho- I'm going to be talking with, I'm waiting. I just talked with their, the head of their media, the woman who run who's in charge of their media inquiries and everything. Um, one of the biggest mental health um, organizations that, that is like nationwide, NAMI. Uh huh. So yeah. I'm going to talk to them about sponsoring because mental health and autism go hand in hand.
1: Yeah, that sounds really good. But I'm sure Temple would love to talk to you. Yeah, I would. So. Love it. All right. All right. It was a, it was a real honor being on the show today, and. I just really enjoyed talking to you about dating and having a boyfriend, also college and also my podcast in general. It's always fun to be on somebody else's show. And it's always fun to interview someone.
0: All right. So that was Maya Sondheim, everyone. So please call me It's
1: Maya Sondheim.
0: <laughs> I will leave a link down below to her website. So you guys can check her out, if you want to be a guest, It was great. It was great talking to you, Maya.
1: Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome.
2: How I miss the way things used to be. I'm no big fan of now I must have some sweeter memories Somewhere in the clouds Gonna miss all you used to be Gonna miss all you had Consigned to the dustbins of history Like opinions from your dead You can talk to the freaks. You can talk to just about anybody you happen to meet. It ain't what it was, and it is what it is.